Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Sean Tarter. He's the president at Real Time Reservations. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing is really innovative and cool. And But before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up in a town of Oceanside. It's the suburbs of New York City on Long yeah. Island. Very cool. Okay, so you went to university. What did you take and why? Yeah, it's always been um, a passion to get into um, finance and marketing. Um, so I went to University of Albany, that's in New York. Um, and then wound up living in New York City for a while right after that, working in the banking sector. But um, it's always been through marketing and, and through finance and then eventually through uh, the operations side of the world. Okay, so what got you interested about finance and marketing? I always thought it was um, an interesting way to look at creating products that actually had use from the end user side. Um, I always, I was always interested in the idea of the consumer deciding what they wanted and who was going to supply the consumer and exactly what they wanted, as opposed to it being driven from the company. Um, so I was always very interested in terms of how you can market products that have appeal on the consumer side. Um, and the demand is driven by the consumer demand as opposed to try to create a product that hopefully somebody will purchase. Fascinating. <laughs> I think most people don't think about that side or that angle in a lot of cases. Agreed. And we see that in every, in every business and every part of what we do. Very cool. So what exactly is real time reservation and, uh, how did it come to be? Yeah, so, so Realtor Reservation today is, is in a much different place than it was uh, nine years ago when we started. Um, so we are um, a pre-arrival platform uh, that's fully integrated into hotel structure uh, where guests can come before they arrive right? and they can order all things from cabanas to spa activities, uh, events, um, food and beverage, whatever they want to do when they get to the property all ahead of time. It takes a lot of the stress out of their journey. Um, and then when, they, when they're actually on property through QR codes and through integrations, the hotel staff is able to provide further customizations, further packages, and the guests can upgrade their journey however which way they want to. Very cool. So let's talk about some of the early day. Um, of what was it when it first launched and how have you evolved it to what it is today? Because obviously it's a long journey and that's a long time of being in business. And then with the pandemic, it kind of throws a whole other aspect to this whole thing. Yeah. So when we, when we started, I was looking at more of the operation side of this. We pretty much went at a, a previous exit in a financial software company. And it was more about learning hospitality, understanding the industry, um, looking at um, in the Caribbean, how, um, you know, cabanas and how umbrellas were actually handed out to, hotel guests. 
and it was about a two-year study. Uh, we didn't charge hotels for this at all. And I just had a, a group of folks that were with me at the time and still with me today. They just wanted to solve an industry problem of guests lining up at five o'clock in the morning for their spot in the sun, um, realizing that the concierge team was 100 miles away and uh, the staff at the pool and beach area were handing out paper tickets um, and tracking stuff on paper. And obviously you're in the water and paper is not the best way to handle being on the water. Um, and then even the hotels that were more advanced, they were still using Excel spreadsheets um, and didn't really have an inventory management system. So we spent about two years directly working with the hotels to understand uh, customer demand, uh, what the customer wanted, and also how the recreation team could avoid double bookings and the basic stuff that you have when you don't have a real system in place. Um, so it took us uh, quite a while before we even wanted to have a paying customer because we wanted to really understand this industry, the business, um, and the pressure on the staff. We always figured that if you could relieve the pressure from the hotel staff side, uh, the guests have a much better experience. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so were you taking feedback then constantly from hotels to build the product and guests, or how did you evolve the product and and find new features? Yeah, we we were completely led by the hotels. Um, and then the brands that we were wet, were, or we started out with were global brands. And then all of a sudden they realized that we need to get certain compliance. Um, and how do you take a credit card payment and how do you do it by the brand standard way? And how do you get real integrations? How do you work with Oracle and Agilisys to get real integrations into Micro Symphony and Infogenesis and Opera? Um, and how do you do it the right way? And how do you work with, uh, the amazing global brands that we are today to get on queue integration? Um, and once we got the integrations on board and we realized that the guests should pay ahead of time to reserve their place because you want to prevent no-shows. You want to have a cancellation policy. It's like you do a hotel room. So if the hotel is able to capture revenue up front and then when the guest arrives on property, that they can recognize the revenue in the property in the point of sale system. All of a sudden you have a perfect transaction because you're, 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 you're getting money up front to reserve as a hotel and then you're also processing the payment which makes the finance and accounting teams very happy when the guests get there and because we had these two points of accepting money for the guests for the hotel and for the hotel to process money all of a sudden it became what do you want to put in the shopping cart what else do you want to provide the guests and we went from one product of umbrellas to cabanas to all of a sudden activities food and beverage started working closely with the spa companies and you started realizing that we're an entire platform that we are today, um, really across the board from marina to what tennis to kids club, um, because it's the same structure of how you deal with payments and how you deal with integrations. And then also making sure the brand standards are there, making sure the terms and conditions are what the global brands are saying. Um, and you're kind of taking the guesswork away. You wind up building a company that we started nine years ago, completely led by the brands in the hotel um, with our points and we have technology advancements in there, but what do they need operationally and how do they process payments and capture revenue? Um, and now we keep developing more products for the, for the hotels and now we got the parking and all different concepts of inventory because we did it the right way in the beginning. Um, and all of our products are related to inventory management. Got it. Okay. Or how did you land your first hotel? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
we were the only ones in the space. And um, we basically, I was on vacation. I was in Aruba and I'm waiting online for an umbrella in the sand and they're fixed structures that a certain amount. And the guests were upset. They were complaining. They were lining up at five o'clock in the morning, all the usual guest stuff. And I just had a previous exit and I'm on vacation with my family with no intention of building more software. And I wound up emailing a few of the GMs in Aruba and I got three emails back within five minutes from the GMs and they said, can you help us? And wound up sending a few of my guys down to Aruba for the, for three or four days. I forgot the amount of days. And they sat with the recreation teams and I was with the GM and we were slowly kind of just watching this experiment happen um, of how to build a product and how to build it based on direct need on the recreation, on the operations side of the recreation teams. And we started building products for them that was strictly operation focused. Eventually the revenue teams got a hold of us and said, you know, we actually can, can do well here. The properties can actually do well here. We can create experiences for the guests that are premium experience, premium experiences, we could all do it ahead of time. And we could audit the staff as well to make sure that the staff is acting appropriately. Um, and then all of a sudden you had a system where now the brands came to us and said, we need help here. Can you build this also? It's kind of like this. We got into parking uh, because they said, reserving a parking spot is kind of like reserving a cabana. It's like a tennis court. So we started morphing in different concepts. Uh, we developed a hotel shuttle service, uh, airport shuttle service that went along with parking because we were doing yoga classes that were every hour, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And one of the properties came to us and said, if we switch the yoga image to a shuttle bus and we change the times from seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, can you give us 10, 15, 12, 15 and 2, 15? And all of a sudden now you're reserving space in a shuttle service because of COVID, you only have a certain amount of people at one shot. And all of a sudden, it's exactly the same thing as a yoga class, but now it's shuttle service to the airport. And by doing it as simple as that and scaling the back end as such, the staff had an easier time learning the product. So now the staff says, it's the same thing as this. And you want to be creating a, a portal for the staff that is extremely easy to use, very little training at all if needed. It's very basic. And especially when the staffing issues are as bad as they are right now at hotels and we see it coming back a little bit but the guests are really coming back so you have really explosion in terms of zero occupancy available it's a hundred percent occupancy zero availability and how do you get the staff and the guests on the same page and it's really through technology interesting okay so walk me through i'm going to a property that's using your technology I book my date and then do I get a notification or an email saying download the app or, or walk me through the journey as a guest and then I want to do it with staff and a few of the other people. Of course. Um, so we're right at the guest point of booking. So the guests are oh, booking okay. their hotel. The guests book in their hotel rooms. Um, and then the welcome email um, is going to have the information there. We look forward to you know, seeing you at the hotel. Now you want to book a cabana. Now do you want to book an activity or an event? It's right at that point. And then um, we're verifying the guests immediately because our integrations with the hotel systems, the hotel property management systems are so advanced that we're verifying the guests exists. And we could do room charges 
even before the guests step on property. So we could do a room charge today, even if he's staying in, in December. Um, also, you could pay for it ahead of time. We do a lot of different things. We have an, a, a product that's called amenities. So if your friends are staying there and it's their anniversary and you want to send them chocolate strawberries and champagne, whatever it might be, um, you could look at the website. You could book it all ahead of time. You could use your credit card because you don't want to have your friend uh, have a room charge on their celebration. Um, there's also very few people at the hotel that can really take this order these days. Um, and maybe it's the food and beverage group or maybe it's the front desk. And they have a hard time also processing credit cards. Because if they take a credit card over the phone, it's out of compliance and they get downgraded by Visa, MasterCard, American Express. So we've created really the perfect product in here that kind of fits the food and beverage, goes right to the point of sale as well. Um, and you could also buy things for yourself ahead of time. So if you were going on a trip and you wanted bottles of water in the room waiting for you, or you had a celebration and you wanted rose petals on the bed, whatever that might be, you're providing the staff a chance to actually um, give you these items and, and, and provide for you. And also they're able to charge and, and, and get revenue for, for doing this. So it's really kind of a, a really exciting time for guests and for staff because it's so easy to do it. Um, and the guests are seeing everything in one place, whether they're booking in their spa treatment or an activity ahead of time. We did a lot of stuff um, for Valentine's Day, you know, booking romantic dinners on the beach, things like that, really planning your trip. Uh, we've seen, um, you know, because the lead time can be so great, that we're seeing guests booking uh, Christmas stuff now, uh, New Year's Eve parties, cabanas on the beach, that kind of stuff, bonfires. You want to make sure that you have that space available to you as a guest. So the whole fear of missing out takes a big, big opportunity here. Um, I don't need to call the hotel anymore. I can reserve my entire trip before I get there. I can pay for it in advance. The hotel loves this, obviously, but the guests do also because they're guaranteed a spot. And they're not waiting for, um, I hope the staff took it down right. They actually get the confirmation email, a QR code is there. Everything is really ready for them to enjoy their trip, just as if it was a hotel room. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I am the type of person that would book everything before and I would prefer to do it online. And I actually had a bad experience one New Year's, we were in San Francisco at this hotel and we went and talked to like the person at the restaurant like days before for like a reservation on New Year's Eve. And then we show up and they're like, we don't have your name. So like they didn't even put it down somewhere and like yeah. we were screwed. Right. And so just getting that like, OK, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm going to when I show up, I have the email to say that I got like I think it gives a lot of people that peace of mind. Right. And they know like, OK, they can plan their day a bit better and then. I don't know about you, but when I'm usually on holidays, I try to either like have everything planned or just like a day where I'm just going to see what happens. But if I want a day to be planned, I want it to be planned and I don't want to plan it while I'm on vacation. I want it to be, you know, like we've all been at the pamphlet thing, like what day tours am I going to do or whatever. Right. So right. to avoid that, I think it's really cool that you're offering that. But I'm curious from a hotel perspective, what do the staff and kind of administration see? Do they have different kind of like screens and dashboards or walk mm. us through that? Yeah, so for the staff side, it's really where the power is. You have okay. yield management in here. You're able to yield everything on the site. Um, you, you pretty much know how to charge per day, uh, discount when you need to on the fly, discount after the booking. 
um, the management's able to see who discounted what as well. That's important to yeah. see that your staff is, uh, is correct here. I see the biggest thing is that you're able to take um, your entire team as a hotel and divide it by who actually is supposed to be in charge of what. You want your revenue team in charge of revenue. You don't want your recreation team in charge of revenue. Um, a, a friend of mine loves to go to the, the, the pool area at 10 o'clock in the morning when they know that the items are already booked or not booked and start negotiating directly with the recreation team and say, I'll give you 50 bucks for a cabana instead of 500. And the recreation team is super happy because they just made a sale. Um, however, they probably should not have made that sale. Uh, so you're able to do yield management from a revenue side. So the finance team at the hotel, the revenue guy can say, you know what, at a certain time at 10 o'clock in the morning, we're gonna lower the price by 50% but we need to keep the price there for a certain reason. It could be their peers are doing it. it's the same thing. You wanna make sure that you're kind of in line with your, your, your peers. Um, the recreation team is very good at the customer service side. They're very good at placing people in chairs. Um, that's kind of where you want that, that division there. You wanna give your recreation team some discretion over charging, but not the full strategy of the property because the revenue team has to make sure that they're making their numbers every month um, and they gotta be careful. Um, so all situations, if it rains that day, how you drop the price, things like that, are all calculated ahead of time, and it relieves a lot of pressure for the recreation team. Um, also, when you look at the staff side, how do you want to bundle things together? Um, how do you want to create an experience? If you only have five cabanas um, and you sell out, perhaps two of those cabanas should be cabana package that might include a spot treatment. Um, and, and maybe activities and things like that. Um, maybe an excursion is part of that. So the hotel can charge a little bit more, but there's value to the guests because now they have a bundle and they feel like they got everything they needed and the hotel's receiving revenue right away at time of booking. So all these things could, could kind of play into, into part of their process and their booking strategy. Um, for the staff side as well, we have a thing that we call lead time. And what the lead time allows is that if the hotel wanted to offer a special kind of package. Let's say it's a birthday cake with a, uh, a customized, you know, the name and everything else is customized. And the chef says, hey, it takes me three days to create this birthday cake and this birthday experience at the cabana. If you give me three days, I can do it. So our website allows for the staff, for the guests to book for themselves three days out. But if they try to book the same day, that particular item won't be available for them. Um, so we always go back to our experience on the operations side. We always make sure the operation team can handle it. If you can handle it on the operations team, the revenue will fly over the border to, right into your pocket. But you have to get the operations perfect. We see the same thing with boat rentals. Uh, so, some of the marina teams at the hotel says, I can get a yacht if you give me three days notice, four days notice. Um, so we want to give that opportunity for the guest. But if the guest shows up the same day, and the staff can't provide that boat experience. Um, it's just a bad overall experience for the guest. So we're really able to say, you know what, if we can do this right, if we can get the operations team, the recreation team, the concierge team, the ability to control exactly what's happening, then the staff could, then the guests could offer whatever they want. They could order everything that they need and they're having an amazing experience and the staff can provide that experience to the guest. And that's really the biggest part here. It's more than inventory management. It's understanding what the hotel can offer the guests, their staffing situation, and then all of a sudden 
what they would like their guests to see, and then the guests could offer everything on the menu. Got it. So how does it work if I'm a new hotel that signs up? Do I pay like a monthly kind of fee and then I buy different like add-ons? Or how do you how does it say, okay, like obviously some hotels can offer, you know, boat rental and others can't because they're inland. Like how do you decide and, and monetize the platform and how do I pick and choose what I want? And then I guess a follow-up question to that is, do you do any custom development for me if needed? Yeah, so I guess the first part of the customization is is the answer is yes. Um, we kind of jump right in with two feet on the customization part. <laughs> That's how we started. We started really understanding the guest. We had a, a request from one of our properties in, in France that said, you know, we have five or six guests showing up at one time. Can you place, can we place them in chairs at a time? And they kind of, this was a few years ago, and it's just an example of you have to continue to evolve with how the guests are acting to the staff to be successful in anything you're doing with technology. Um, so we look at each situation of a customization opportunity and say, if we've given this power to the staff, what more can they do if they're not doing it manually? Um, we don't want to replace an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, we don't want to replace a piece of paper. We want to really be um, whatever tool that the staff member needs to be very, very successful. And if it's placing five people in five chairs at the same time, we want to do that. Um, that's really how the credit card came in. When we first started, um, the staff member was writing credit card information down on a piece of paper, running it to the front desk, which was about a half a mile away. Um, and I would say, what happened with that piece of paper? What'd you do with it? And she was like, I think they throw it in the garbage. And I'm like, it's the credit card information of your guest. So we've done a lot of stuff with PCI compliance, understanding the sensitivity of guest information in general, and really creating a very good and unique you know, experience for, for the guests and for the staff. Uh, when you mentioned about pricing, that's, that's an interesting concept. So we have properties that are seasonal um, that do not want to pay a flat fee uh, because they're off nine months a year. Um, we also be very careful on margins. We really expanded our offering to include food and beverage and some other areas where there's very low margin. Um, so you need to come up with an operation cost for properties. Um, what's really cool about um, some of the revenue shares that we do on Cabanas is that it really kind of taken on a life of its own. We're able to significantly increase the revenue on property, but it's significant. Um, and then, you know, properties love the idea of paying a revenue share as opposed to a fixed cost. So it's really based on product, uh, how the market receives it, um, and, and the idea that you can actually do 10x what you did before or more. We see properties that just couldn't handle the volume. We have so many properties that change physical structures on property. Um, there's a property that it was, this was a while ago where they actually realized because of the system that their gym, the, the workout place for, this, for the guests, was right by the pool. And they pretty much knocked it, most of it down and created these suites that are by the pool because they realized they can actually sell them as these really luxurious cabanas as opposed to having a workout area. And they moved the gym to some other part of the hotel that didn't, that didn't seem to matter from the view standpoint. Um, so you really kind of look at really being partners with a hotel and really taking the risk on. And that's what really revenue share, I believe, is, is taking the risk with the hotel um, you know, and making sure that it's extremely, extremely profitable business.
Interesting. Interesting. Well, and then oh, I guess yes. you get to build the pro like they let you build the product tailored to them. Therefore you can go to other hotel chains and sell this, but what advice do you give to people that are trying to do maybe not in the hotel space, but are building a product with their customer along the way? Like, are, do you have people physically go to a hotel or different hotels throughout the world a couple of times a year and just like sit there and watch and say, we could optimize this or talk to their people or like what your thoughts around that and how do you actually grow this thing and move into different yeah. verticals? Yeah, I, I, that's really an excellent question. And we challenge ourselves all the time with that exact question, because the first thing is we do customize, we do create enhancements all the time. Um, but we look at the enhancements and customizations almost as switches. Um, in the back end, it's a switch, an environment variable, if you will, uh, where the staff could press yes or no. Um, we're not building a full customization for each hotel, um, and, and that's really not a good idea. I, I don't believe, at least for, uh, for a company building technology, you want to build to scale, but more so for the security part of it. You want to make sure that your, your system is extremely stable. Um, as we were growing through this, uh, we, we have third parties constantly um, that we hire um, to look at vulnerabilities in our in our industry, in, in our software, um, overall in the industry as well. We want to show you a really stable product. So our system is really built as if it's a cabana, a tennis uh, game, um, uh, court space, kids club. The back end is exactly the same. Um, so we're able to really look at data in the exact same format. Yeah, there are some different uh, needs, right? So tennis, a different need than the kids club. Um, we have different add-ons to each of these as well. We have a waiver system that's connected into the activity, not separate. So if you have a skiing event or uh, a surfing event and you want the guests to sign a waiver, it's connected to the activity. Right now, there are all different kinds of paper waivers and, and electronic systems, but they're not together and coupled. It's very hard for the hotel to actually use a waiver system that's not part of the activity. So we built it and it's very successful. It's one of our most successful products. The idea of having the guests sign a waiver during the booking process of the activity, or even when they get to the activity, they can easily go on or the staff can go on and the guests can actually sign their name. But that's also an add-on to what the structure is, which is really inventory management. Um, so in order for us to scale this down, a, a long time ago, we decided to make every activity, every reservation, exactly the same from a technology standpoint. Very hard to do to kind of compare tennis and parking and cabanas. Um, but we've done that very successfully. So I'd say that you want to build product and build customizations where you have a really wide appeal to it. Um, it's, it's because we want to do it is why we do a customization because it's a good idea for the company to be in that space. So um, we always say no. Um, and that's okay too to say no. Um, and what's cool about saying no is you really have a partnership with your customer. Um, your customer wants you to be successful because if they put all their eggs in your basket, you need to be profitable. You need to have a very successful company and a pathway. And I've seen this so many times where companies have taken on too much. They're very, they don't have a narrow focus. They're all over the place. And if you're not financially secure, the brands can't rely on you and then the whole business kind of falls down. So we really, yeah, we built this from the bottom up, um, but we built this with security and stabilization and the idea that we can monetize it based on how we scale. And the brand saw that, the management companies and the ownership see that. Um, so we always hear from the ownership as well, who are always looking at 
how to increase their revenue, reduce expenses, that we need you to be profitable because we need you around for a long time. So if you're fair with us and we could generate 10x revenue because of you, this is a partnership. It's not so much of we're selling a product. We're really selling a partnership and we're kind of in this with them. And we kind of feel like if we could save you this amount, you're going to want us all the time. And if we're not aggressive, if, if we're not being aggressive in our price cutting, you're not going to want to talk to us. So we're always kind of have our, our, our pretty much our hand on the pulse of where the market is. Um, I would also say this to you, to your, to your uh, audience as well, is that you have to show compassion. Um, during COVID, um, we knew hotels couldn't pay us. And these are very large hotels that are very, very successful. Um, and you have one person at the hotel. And they didn't know if the government was shutting them down in different countries, different states had different rules. Um, and if you show compassion, because they're coming back, and, I, and that's what I would say. I mean, the hotels would say to us, there's no lift, there's no air flights. Um, and I would always say back, you know, what are you going to do when the planes start flying again? Um, and here we are, the planes are flying again, and every hotel understands that what we did for them was because we were in this with them. Um, what's the point of charging someone that actually can't pay you? Um, and if you kind of are easier when it comes to payments, and if you say, you know what, we're not going to charge you right now, you should see what happens when all of a sudden the industry comes back. And now they were glad to pay us, but they also remember the fact that we didn't charge them when they couldn't pay. It's just a big deal with compassion, understanding that you're all kind of all in this together. Um, and then what happens when you come out of this and you're all really having a good time together. No, I, I actually think there's actually a couple really good pieces of advice there. I think the first one you said was, um, well, obviously, like when you don't, when you show that compassion to somebody, you basically built a lifelong partnership, right? Like they're not going to vendor shop. Like it's because of you built that relationship and that trust, right? The, the second thing that you mentioned there uh, a few minutes ago was, having one code base and not building this hotel has their own running version and this hotel has their own running version. And every time you push updates, you need to push updates to two different, completely separate code bases. Right. And I think sometimes when people think about product, they think, okay, well, every time I get a customer, I need to build a whole new version and then patch every version. It's like, you, you want one code base and you can turn on and off the features that are, specific to that client or in your case hotel and and then just keep it going and then when you're rolling out new features everybody gets that feature not just that one specific client and i think that yeah. what you, those two things are very good advice yeah well, it's really just but you know a lot of this is during covid was just being human but it's always been kind of in our dna to make sure that our customers really enjoy the experience with us so I'm, I'm curious then you have, obviously you have a bunch of customers using this. How are you guys, or walk us through the sales process a bit. Like, are you a lot of referral based stuff? Like, because you got to probably have some long sales cycles or, or how does that kind of work or what advice do you give around that? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, um, you want to look at, industries or groups together. Um, we spent a lot of time, in the very beginning, it's, it's knocking on doors and one by one referrals are the biggest thing we have. We still have referrals, probably our biggest leader today. 
Um, in this industry, in hospitality, uh, staff tends to move around a lot. Um, and we're very, very good to our hotel counterparts. Um, we, we have friendships. Um, we answer the phone, uh, which is a kind of a unique opportunity for technology companies that if you just answer the phone when your customers call you, you tend to get a lot of referral business because you're unique. Um, people don't like to return phone calls. Um, so we really built a great rapport with our counterparts, um, especially when it comes to technology and it might be um, staff members has, you know, there are 20 people in front of them. You have to realize how stressful their day is to how you respond to them. And if you need to respond quickly or if things can wait, that, that was a big thing as well. Understanding your customer and their, their needs at that moment. Um, so I think that referrals was a very big part of this. Um, what happened as well with referrals is that um, in hospitality, you have, properties individually you have management companies who actually look over the properties to make sure the operations is running you have ownership teams who care about the revenue side of things and you have brands okay and the brands have sub brands and then you have global opportunities as well so you have different groups and if you hit it right you have the brand really excited about you the ownership is super excited because they're all of a sudden making a lot a lot of revenue um, and the management companies find it easier because of you and it's one person to speak to as opposed to 16 different vendors and because we have everything across the board from tennis to you know uh, any kind of activity to yoga kids club and cabana reservations and parking and meeting rooms you kind of have a one-stop shop it's easier for us to be copied you know a thousand times by a management company than for each hotel to negotiate separately so we have all the MSAs, the master service agreements for across the brands. Um, we have them now across management companies because they don't want to renegotiate. Um, independent hotels are coming around like we've never seen before. Hotels say, I don't want to be part of a brand anymore. I want to go it on my own, but they still have a management company and still have the same ownership. So you have, if you, if you do this the right way, you're building something that just makes sense for the industry. Uh, we have a food and beverage platform that's fully integrated and it's easy for the owners to kind of take advantage of that. So if the owner says, I have 500 hotels, we need food and beverage ordering at your cabana, at your you know party room, at your meeting room place. Uh, we need a QR code to do it. Can you connect it for us? We have the solution. Why would they look anywhere else? So they might say to us, here's 700 hotels that need food and beverage. Here's 500 that need amenities. So you kind of look to scale the sales as well. Um, if your product is strong enough to be able to be scaled, um, you really don't want your salespeople going one by one. Um, our sales team does a lot of traveling and our operations team does a lot of traveling. I love when our support folks and onboarding folks go on property. Um, you tend to realize where the properties are and mostly in bunches. So you probably could go to a bunch of properties in a few days. Um, our salesperson right now is traveling, our operation person is traveling right with the salespersons, which is happening this week. Um, and you have different kind of combinations that make sense. You might have our, our, our chief technology officer traveling around with a, a support person or, or myself. Um, you really want to understand what's happening at your customer. Um, we did a trip, a faraway trip uh, um, a few months ago. Um, it was super far and it was kind of cool to bring your team in a faraway place because things might be different there. Uh, the GM has different challenges. Um, the staff looks at things differently. Uh, you have different labor relations, um, challenges and opportunities at the same time. So you really 
want to make sure that you're in person as much as you can. Even during COVID, you want to really get a grasp of what you're doing. Um, the sales piece, you know, I look at this and I, and I spoke to our sales folks, your relationship managers. Um, if you do it right, you're selling to a group and then it's all referral business. It's all incoming if we do it right because it's all referrals. It does it right. You want to stamp it out. You don't need to have, you know, if, if you're priced right, you shouldn't really be in competition with others because um, it doesn't pay to move. You know, think about like your own cable system in your house now everyone's using it, you know, break the cord kind of thing, but your own internet, you know, how many times are you going to switch your internet provider? Even if you save $5, are you really going to switch if it works great? If it doesn't work great, you're switching right away. Um, so I think that as long as you price yourself correctly, be a really good partner, um, people tend to stay with you for a very long time because they also want what's next. And it's always what's next is what people get really excited about because you're always hearing what's going on. Uh, you always want to make their job easier. And it's very hard to get one product from a technology company if you if they have 16 products. How do you kind of pick and choose this system? You want the system to all be the same. Uh, you want the same brand behind it. You want the integrations internally to work well. Um, you want to make sure the reporting is the same. You don't want two different kinds of reports going out to your staff. It's just very hard to use it. Um, so that's kind of you know my, my thoughts on the sales process, my thoughts on how you work with hotels in, in our pro, in our in our industry, and how the referral business and the master service agreements kind of work hand in hand. No, I 100% agree with you. I think that's actually really good advice. The one thing too that I think a lot of people don't think about, and you mentioned it, is the relationship with the staff. And yes, turnover is high. Like I was thinking, like even fast food. Like if you're building something for a fast food industry. See, there's another industry or, or retail. There's a lot of, but if they use the system that they really like and they go somewhere else and say like, you know what? We use this other thing back at this past job. We should really look at. Like, I think people forget about some of the, you know, kind of usually non-management related staff can actually be sometimes your biggest champions to carry you to other companies, which was actually really interesting. And I think a lot of people don't think of that. So I'm curious, what other types of services can you, a hotel offer? Because I, when I was looking at your site, you have something called the real-time work pass, which totally makes sense to me, but what, do you want to talk about what that is and, and other services that hotels are kind of trying to do to maybe even bring in local people just to use their space for the day or a couple of days or something like that? Yes, you know, it's 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 really that. It's that there is opportunities for different types of guests. Um, and we look at categories of guests now, uh, which is getting more and more interesting. Um, so you have locals that want to use the property's facilities. So we're doing a lot of stuff with locals using activities, locals using the gym, locals using this, the leisure pass kind of stuff. Um, then you have, then you have um, guests that want to use uh, the property for working at the property. So we've done a huge thing with Marriott actually called Work From Anywhere. Um, it's a global initiative. Uh, hundreds of properties are on there. Um, we're completely white labeled, so people don't always know that we're part of these things. Um, but it's really reserving the hotel room for hours, for, for parts of days. Um, there's challenges there as well because all of a sudden you're pulling out hotel inventory for possibly three days to get one day of the guests going, going in the middle. So the, the guests from the day before can't go there. The day, the, the day after can't go there either. 
So you really want to make sure that like super low occupancy, I remember we first built this product with some of the folks on, on, on the property and, and one of the, one of the, the folks on the team was like, well, what are we going to do? We have a hundred percent occupancy, you know, occupancy. And they're like, well, right now we have six, you know, so we're okay right now. It was COVID. Everyone thought the world was just going to end and that was it. Um, so you always want to be careful. You always want to make sure you manage the overnight guests first. Um, we have a lot of things that we do for events. We did huge Thanksgiving dinners uh, this past November, same thing with Valentine's Day and Christmas, where you really want to have outside guests participate in the event, the activity. That's been a big thing. Uh, parking has also been a big thing where it's for overnight guests as well as for day guests. Um, the day guests possibly might pay more, um, depending on how you want to structure the payment side of it. Uh, but we have a whole new area of guests that for us is just very, very exciting. It's memberships. Um, and the membership part, I think, is really taking over. You have residence clubs and condos that are next to the property. Um, so these would be uh, hotel condos, really high end, could be also as well as middle of the road. But you have a different group of folks that you don't want possibly using your pool, but you might want them using your activities or using part of something or using one pool, but not three pools. Um, so you just have different kinds of guests coming in with memberships, beach clubs. Um, it could be a monthly membership. We have the spa treatment plus a gym, a fitness center kind of uh, membership, tennis memberships. We're seeing a lot of tennis and golf all of a sudden as, as memberships uh, at hotels. Um, so what does that guest get access to? Um, you have to be very, very careful with the overnight guest. Um, again, this was during COVID where the overnight guest wasn't there, but now you have the overnight guest full occupancy. I mean, we're seeing 100% occupancy, uh, not one room there. Um, hotel room nights, the price for a hotel room night has gotten so outrageous um, and they're still getting 100% occupancy. Uh, this, this week coming up is going to be insane. Um, everyone's traveling this week. And what happens is, is that you really do not want your membership groups, your leisure guests that are locals, you don't want cruise ship guests. You don't want anyone near your property right now because your guests only have a certain amount of pool chairs and they only have and there's a certain amount of guests and everyone wants to be in the front row. And you don't want to mess with the natural issues. That, look, you had this before. You had people, you know, trying to reserve pool chairs uh, at two o'clock in the morning um, before COVID happened. But now you have a lot of guests wanting to really enjoy the property, less staff. The last thing you want to do right now is confuse the property during this week with a leisure pass. But when things are not holiday weeks, um, you might want to say, hey, does it make sense on a Tuesday to have a leisure guest come in? Why not? Why should I have 50% occupancy? Um, we also see that, and, and this has just been decimated this past few years because of COVID, but the group sale business um, has not come back. Um, in Florida, it's booming, right? So we have a, a several conventions happening in Orlando. I think we'll be in Orlando three times in between May and June, um, just on conventions. Um, we, we had a, we're at a convention right now in Dallas. Um, so we're seeing some states open up the group business, which is great. A lot have not. So we're seeing um, when you have group business, the pools are empty. It's a perfect opportunity to rent that out or to provide access to day guests or condo guests, things like that. So it's, it's a delicate balance. I'd say that you want to make sure as a hotelier that you're working with a system that is everything together, um, that you could easily inventory from your overnight guests to your day guests and back and forth as needed. Um, you want to make sure you're working with the right folks. You don't want to oversell something. You don't want to confuse the uh, the staff, uh, and you don't want to confuse the guests either. 
Um, one thing I would say though, is because we work with the hotel so closely as a real partnership that when the guest provides a credit card, it's the hotel's merchant ID that's receiving it. It's like, it's the, it's the guest with the hotel. So when the guest credit card statement, it has the hotel's name. It's not our name. Um, and that's a big difference because a lot of vendors are taking credit cards themselves. So if the guest is upset, they want them going back to the vendor, not to the hotel. And especially on the luxury end, you really want to control the entire guest experience. And if the guest wants to move golf from Monday to Tuesday, you don't want them speaking to the vendor. You want them speaking to the hotel concierge team, the hotel team that really cares about that the guest doesn't actually cancel, that the guest stays within the hotel ecosystem. Um, so it's really big about partnership, understanding the guest experience, and really being white labeled to the point that the guest does not know you exist as a, as a technology vendor. No, I actually think that's really good advice, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, real-time reservation, and any other links you want to mention? Yeah, so from a sales perspective, hoteliers could always reach us at sales at realtimeres.com. So realtimeres.com. Um, realtimereservation.com is our website. I have a lot of good uh, places for the hoteliers to play around, a lot of demo environments there as well. Um, but we're with all the large brands, um, all the management companies, we have MSAs everywhere. Um, so it's a lot about just understanding what you want as a hotelier to offer um, and how we can help you out. Very cool. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.